Today we meet in Psalm 103 and Psalm 104. And Psalm 103 is a great psalm of praise for the tender mercies of God. Now the book of Psalms was written by and for the Israelites, but it has also long been used by Christians as a basis for worship. This has often involved setting the Psalms to music as hymns. Sometimes the hymn writers have composed music to go with the exact words of the text, usually in translations. Other times, they have adapted the text into a verse. This is the case with many of the hymns. For example, that was the case with the 17th century hymn, Praise Ye, the Lord Almighty. The 19th century hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. And the 20th century chorus, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. All of these hymns and choruses are based on Psalm 103. Psalm 103 looks forward to a new day. In fact, it looks beyond the millennia into eternity, where it will find the fullness of fulfillment. It is a psalm of thanksgiving for things and a psalm of praise for a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. The psalm begins as a solo and it ends in a symphony of universal praise. I would like to divide the psalm in, a, in an interesting way, but also easy to remember. It is the first division would be an admonition for the present. The second would be a declaration concerning Jehovah. And the third, a declaration concerning men. And finally, proclamation for the future. What is interesting in this division is to see that we have something for the present. And then, who is God in the present? Who is man even in the present? But then it has a focus into the future. Now let's look at those uh, divisions in details. First of all, the admonition for the present. In this great psalm of praise, one of the most joyful of the Psalter, David calls upon every faculty of his being to bless the Lord. The word bless is the Hebrew barak. It is used here with the meaning to esteem greatly or Praise, as in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, where we have praise be to God. You see, it begins with an admonition for the present. And notice how personal this admonition is. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 103, verse 1 and verse 2. So there is that admonition, bless the Lord. But who is being invited? It is my soul. And everything that is within me is called upon to bless the holy name of the Lord. And also not to forget his benefits. Now, according to the Polychrome Bible, the translation of this verse, of the first verse of Psalm 103, goes like, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me, bless his holy name. O my friend, 
Worship is nothing more than lip service. Worship demands submission to God's word and his demands. Oh, if only my praise could be pure and from the depth of my heart. That is what I long for and what we should all long for. Thus, we see the admonition for the present. What must we be doing today is to bless the Lord. And everything that is within us must bless his holy name. After the admonition for the present, we move to the declaration concerning the Lord, whom we are called upon to bless. Psalm 103, verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? You see, this God is an amazing God. He is a God who is full of mercy, who is full of forgiveness. Because of his forgiveness, he also heals all your diseases. And the greatest of our diseases is the sin question. And God deals with it, my friend. God has made it quite clear what he is going to do during the kingdom age. Isaiah 33 verse 24 says, And the inhabitants will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. Disease is the result of sin. And before healing can take place, the sin question must be settled. And only Jehovah, only the Lord can forgive sin. Not until we are justified by faith in Christ can we be forgiven. In 1 Peter 2 verse 24, which is a quotation from Isaiah 53 verse 5, we read these words. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You see, we were healed by his stripes. But what were we healed of? And healed of what? We were healed of our sins and that is what the lord does we continue even to look and reflect upon the declaration concerning jehovah now coming to verse 4 and verse 5 of the same chapter he not only forgives your iniquities he not only heals your disease verse 4 says who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Notice that many of God's choicest servants have actually been ill and afflicted and have never been healed in this life. The Apostle Paul was one of these. He had a thorn in his flesh. If anyone should have claimed healing, it seems to be he should have done so. But it is wonderful to be healed. But that is not always in God's plan. Because God's plan is much broader than just the physical healing. That is why verse 3 begins with, He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. When your sins or your iniquities have been forgiven, there are other many benefits that come with it. You are redeemed from destruction. You are crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now verse 5 of the same chapter of Psalm 103 tells us, He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is like the eagles. 
You see, the benefits of having your sins forgiven is you are satisfied with good things in your mouth, but also your youth is renewed. You see, the renewing to youthfulness will not take place in this time and age. Uh, the fact of the matter is I am continuing to see in my own body that I am growing older. I'm not getting youth anymore. But this will take place in the millennial period. In fact, I am glad to know that I have a new body coming to me. I don't have it yet now, but one day in the future, it will be mine. If someone has lost hair, know that in the millennium, you might have your hair. Not only does he renew the strength like the eagles, but verse 6 and verse 7 further illustrates what he does. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. You see, righteousness and justice is given to those who are oppressed. He is God who made his ways known to Moses. But all that the children of Israel saw were miracles. The children of Israel did not have much understanding. There are many people like them today who recognize certain truths, but they don't enter into the way of God. However, the declaration concerning the Lord ends with verse 8 that tells us the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. What a declaration. He is God who is full of mercy and grace. Because he is full of mercy and grace, he is slow to become angry, but he lavishes mercy upon his people. Oh, what we need above everything else today is God's mercy. So we have seen the declaration concerning Jehovah, but we have also the declaration concerning man. And we see that beginning with verse 9 and verse 10. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Psalm 103 verse 9 and verse 10. Having declared who God is, we see the transition that this God will not strive with us. And he will not keep his anger against us forever. However, the declaration of man concerning man comes straight away. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. That points one thing. We are sinful. He has not punished us according to our iniquities. We are full of iniquities. My God, if God would deal us according to our sins and according to our iniquities, none of us would be saved. Psalm 103 verse 11 and 12. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Notice the two comparisons that are in these verses only to illustrate God's removal of sin. First of all, 
as far as the heavens are high above the earth, that is the upward reach. And secondly, as far as the east is from the west, that is the outward breath. That is amazing, my friend. You see the same in Psalm 32, verse 1 and verse 2, Jeremiah 31, verse 34. The removal of sin by God's grace is complete and immutable. Isaiah 38, verse 17, Micah 7, verse 19. Now, notice that the psalm does not say, as far as the north is from the south. That is quite a distance. But when you start moving from the east to the west, there is no end. So this is very important that the psalmist did not say from the north to the south, for you can actually go to the North Pole and reach the South Pole. But you cannot go from the west and reach the south. It just continues. When you start going west, you keep going west. When you go north, you eventually reach a point where you start going south. But when you go west, you never stop going west. That is how far God has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Psalm 103 verse 13. You see, again, God is always regarded as our father. And just as a father will forgive his children, God does the same. God is so good to us, and we do not seem to recognize it. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Psalm 103 verse 14. You see, my friends, do not forget that it is God who fashioned and formed our bodies. He made us out of the ground. So he knows the material with which we are made. And he remembers one thing. We are dust. We are dirt. We forget that we are dust. And when dust gets stuck on itself, it is mad. That is a picture of man. Perhaps you have attended a graveside service in which the minister committed the dead person's body to the grave with the words, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. This saying recognizes the reality of human mortality and the frailty of human life. David was keenly aware of the human condition and of the way God keeps it in mind in his dealings with his people. You see, the psalmist could trust God to do that because he knew that God is a God of mercy, as we saw in verse 11. And so God deals with us knowing that we are dust, knowing that our frame is not strong. We must also mercifully recognize the frailty and the fallibility of every person with whom we ever enter into an agreement. Just as God knows our frame and remembers that we are dust, so we need to remember that everyone who makes a promise to us is also dust, weak and prone to failure. Therefore, we should mercifully pardon them when they fall short of fulfilling their intended commitments, thereby covering a multitude of sin, as First Peter 4 verse 8 instructs us. As for men, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. 
for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. Psalm 103, verse 15 and 16. Now, we won't be here on earth very long. I also notice now that I am getting a little advanced in my years. Do you know what God is trying to tell us with all these things? When God puts, a, say, gray hair in your head or on your chin, he is saying you are not going to be here much longer. When you are getting arthritis and you have trouble getting up in the morning, that is a warning from God. God is saying you won't be around much longer. You need to get straightened out. So we have seen the admonition for for the present, and we have seen declaration concerning Jehovah, declaration concerning men. Now we move to the proclamation concerning the future. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Psalm 103 verse 17. Now, it is a wonderful thing to look into the future and know that God will always be merciful to us. Bless the Lord. All his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103 verse 22. You see how glorious it will be when all creatures in his dominion will bless him. This is universal worship. When... As Dr. Geblin expresses it, the mighty hallelujahs will sweep the earth, will sweep the heavens, will come downward and upward when all creation will join in, when everything which has breath will shout hallelujah. That is the proclamation for the future. The mercies of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children. Bless the Lord, O my soul. But in the meantime, let's not forget to bless the Lord, O my soul. The next psalm is Psalm 104, which is a psalm of praise to the God of creation. This psalm is a psalm of nature. A praise to the God of creation. It begins thus. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Psalm 104 verse 1. You see, this psalm speaks about the creation of God. It is a hymn to God in nature because he is his creator. Who cover yourself with lights as with garments? Who stretch out the heavens like a curtain? Psalm 104 verse 2. You see, on the first day of creation, God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1 verse 3. The second day of creation is pictured in these words. Who stretch out the heavens like a curtain, just as you would stretch out a tent. In the day, this psalm was written. Travelers such as those with camel caravans would arrive at their stopping place for the night and stretch out their tents. Well, that is the way God stretched out the heavens. He is the God of all creation. 
He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind. Psalm 104 verse 3. Now, on the second day of creation, God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the heavens, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Genesis 1 verse 6. Again, it's speaking here of the God of creation, who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind. You who laid the foundations of the earth, so that it should not be moved forever. You covered it with the deep, as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. Psalm 104, verse 5 to verse 6. My friend, on the third day, God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Genesis 1, verse 9. You see, he had put waters above them. The clouds that go over carry quite a bit of water. Now he divides the land and the waters. This is a psalm of creation. At your rebuke they fled. At the voice of your thunder they hastened away. They went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place which you founded for them. Psalm 104, verse 7 and 8. Now, on the fourth day, God did not create the sun and the moon. He simply said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for the days and years. We see this in Genesis 1, verse 14. And we see in these verses uh, from Psalm 104 that it is at your rebuke that they fled. The voice of your thunder, at the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. They went up over the mountains. They went down to the valleys, to the place which you founded for them. Not only has God created the world, he sustains it with loving attention. His concern extends even to the needs of the birds and animals for which he provides food and drink. And that is what we see in Psalm 104, verse 10 to verse 23. Scripture shows clearly that the Lord watches over every aspect of the creation, including its conservation. We better cooperate with God in conserving creation, in preserving creation. God cares about what he has created, and he has charged us as a people to wisely manage those resources. That is Genesis 1 verse 26. That is the dominion we are to exercise, to use them for our good and for his glory. If he cares about every single creature on the planet, we should also. The sun and the moon are to regulate time here on this earth. We have this in verse 19. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down. Psalm 104 verse 19. The sun and the moon move according to schedule. Don't tell me that we are living in a meaningless universe. God has a well-scheduled world. What did God create on the fifth day? That was the day animal life appeared. And we read from Psalm 104, verse 25 to 26. This great and wide sea, 
in which are innumerable teeming things, living things both great and small. There the ships sail about. There is that Leviathan, which you have made to play there. God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures in Genesis 1 verse 20. It became alive with living creatures and everything that is in the ocean, including even a hippopotamus. Now what about men? You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Psalm 104 verse 30. Man now is going to be put on the earth. His home is ready for him. Isn't it interesting that God fashioned this whole world, this whole earth, way before man came and said, now you have a home. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his work. Psalm 104 verse 31. When his creation was finished, God looked upon it and saw that it was good. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Psalm 104 verse 32 and 33. You see, now man is on the earth, created to praise God. He has been put on earth and he has an address. He lives at number one garden of Eden. But his preoccupation is to praise God, almost calling us back to Psalm 103, where we have the admonition for the present to bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Psalm 104 verse 34 says, May my meditation be sweet to him, and I will be glad in the Lord. However, Psalm 104 verse 35 says, May sinners be consumed from the earth, and the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. My friend, Psalm 104 begins and ends with a blessing. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We saw that in verse 1, and we see this in verse 35. Man is now put in creation with a business to Bless the Lord. The whole duty of man is to praise God. This is easy to say, but how might we actively bless the Lord, given that his blessings to us are so practical, as we have seen in verse 14 and 15? One way would be to take care of the earth that God has created. You are actually blessing the Lord. You are living for the glory of God when you are taking care of God's creation. Are you concerned about God's good earth? Do you live with any limits on consumption, the use of natural resources, or even just polluting the situation, or the creation and disposal of waste? Does the industry you work in demonstrate any good stewardship of the earth? If not, what changes could you help to bring about? Because people who live for the praise of God, they do it with their mouth, they do it with their lives, but even in the way they look after God's creation. 
You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.